is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Conan. And you had said that uh, you just asked me, and now that's all I can think about. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is going on with lemmings now? <laughs> we, I brought, we brought this up. We did a couple of episodes ago, and this is all right. So here's the big question. You know, this. The, um, th- now, I'm what look, we I, brought up was um, su- it, it su- was su- a miscommunication, but um, I ended up talking about the Disney documentary about lemmings that mm-hmm. suggested that lemmings are suicidal and massive, will fling themselves off of cliffs. Right. This 60, 70 year old program. Right. Pretty much, uh, point blank said. Lemmings, if they if they have a population boom, they will become suicidal and kill themselves. Yes, but in reality, uh, the people who were making the documentary, the whole thing was staged. Yeah, they threw them off the cliffs. They were well, they were they were kicking them off. They were kind of okay. pushing. They were kind okay. of pushing them off. But I mean, he, and this is the thing: every time I turn around, everyone's like, "Kona, why are you such a cynic?" It's because every time I turn around, I'm finding out something from my past, from my childhood, is been is fake. It's been I've been lied to. It's been staged. It was it just a total scam, or it's just completely been based in someone else's bias, and they've 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 pushed the numbers. They've pushed the stats in their in their favor, and so that's why I'm a city. You can't trust anything because every time I turn around, something has been turned out to be fake, like this story. I mean, that's solid reasoning. Uh, you were raised in the South, right? Correct. Yeah, so you were from a religious background as well, and today, of course, you're not religious, but that sort of thing, it turned out to be fake as well. So did Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, all of these things that we're taught to believe as children ultimately turned out to be fake. And here you have documentaries and news articles and things like that that were similarly fake. Cynicism, to me, seems like an appropriate and rational response when you know for a fact that people have conspired to lie to you your entire life i think it's the people who are too optimistic and too trustful and uh in their whatever belief they have those are the people who are uh those are the people who are the problem who are just willing to 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 gobble down anything they they're fed and and just go marching on like sheep well everyone wants something to believe in i think well well i think and and it makes life it does make life easier i mean even i who who question everything even I have to, you know, uh, settle down and find some firm ground to stand on. I can't, I can't be unaccepting of everything. Otherwise, I'd be a lunatic. Well, I might be, but I mean, <laughs> I have to, I have to trust some things. Like I'm, that, I'm not going to go flipping out in the space because gravity's not real and it's just a theory. Right. I mean, there are some things I just have to say. All right, well, whatever you might, I don't, I don't know what it is, but. but yeah, eventually you reach a point of skepticism where you just sort of have to trust you just have to make assumptions Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter to me whether or not we live in a simulation or we're all ai being programmed none of that really matters to me i just sort of have to go about my life under the assumption that it is what it appears to be i can't demonstrate that i can't prove it but that is what it appears to be right and the alternative is to just go play out in the street and get hit by a car because well i couldn't I couldn't justify assuming that the car would actually hit me. Or become a raging lunatic on the radio and get a DWI <laughs> <laughs> with $3,000 bail or whatever it was. That of, course, is of, course, a, of course, I'm speaking of uh, yeah. the seed man himself from Texas, Alex Jones. Yeah, that's an interesting story. We're going to get into it later. But first, uh, pepper spraying inmates. 
uh, for no reason. Uh, it's not obviously constitutional, unconstitutional. It's not torture? Uh, according to a federal court. So uh, for no reason, a Texas prison guard pepper sprayed an inmate. And he cannot be sued, and he's shielded from an excessive force loss excessive force lawsuit, according to the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm. So a cop just, a, a prison guard, not really a cop, but a prison guard just pepper sprayed an inmate. And somehow this court has decided, well, this isn't obviously unconstitutional. But, it's, I, but isn't it a form of torture? Yes, it's obviously unconstitutional. Right. I can't imagine by what insane legalese they have decided that this is not anything but torture. And you say for absolutely no reason. The guy just walked into, he was just walking down the, the aisle and just started spraying some dude. That's the allegation. Uh, of course, uh, the prison guard, I'm sure, has his own version of events. Right. But the court acknowledged that the allegation, if proven, would violate the Eighth Amendment. But they nevertheless held that the guard was immune from legal liability, arguing that it was hardly obvious his conduct was unconstitutional. So despite violating the Eighth Amendment, the Fifth Circuit somehow decided that it wasn't obviously a violation of the Constitution that the Eighth Amendment is part of. Very strange. Yeah, wait till it's in our schools. Wait till you have gym teachers punching their kids. I mean, you already, you already have a correction office. Or what do they call them? The secure, What do they call the security in school? Um, I'm not sure. They, I know we, there is a term for it. Yeah, we, they already uh, yeah they, resource some, officers or something. There you like go. That. Right? Yeah, some kind of euphemism. You, uh, you already have them tackling kids, um, handcuffing them, making them cry and whatnot. I mean, what, what's, what's next? You know, when they're carrying pepper spray and they just decide to pepper spray some kid and and walk free. Well, I mean, they essentially do that anyway in the American school system. The principal, if no one else, is judge, jury, and executioner, not held to any sort of appeals process. If the principal has decided you're guilty, because that's his prerogative, he mm-hmm. executes whatever punishment he seem, he deems fit. And there's no one to whom you can go. Nope. That's That's the average American kid's first real experience in the... American rule of law checks and balance system is a tyrannical principal who can say or do anything he wants without any oversight and without any system of checks and balances. And one might argue that eventually the school board might provide some sort of check or balance. But by then, the punishment's already meted out. By then, the kid has already had physical violence inflicted upon them. Yep. Or has been you know, withheld from education or whatever. The majority opinion from the Fifth Circuit Court sparked a short but fiery dissent from George Greg Costa. How could any guard not know that an unprovoked use of pepper spray is unlawful? So it doesn't seem that there's much ground people are standing on to dispute the actual allegation, which is that this was done for no reason. But back in 2016, Prince McCoy Sr. was incarcerated just outside of Houston, when Officer Alamu came by his cell block, one of McCoy's neighboring inmates started throwing water on Alamu, who prompted, who promptly radioed a sergeant who came and dealt with the matter. About 90 minutes later, Alamu returned to do a roster count and once again got doused with water by Jackson. 
So that's how all of this started. Uh, someone who wasn't even pepper sprayed. This time, according to McCoy, Alamo took out his chemical spray and repeatedly yelled, where are you at? But Alamo couldn't reach Jackson, who had blocked off his cell with sheets. Approaching McCoy's cell, the guard asked for his name and prisoner number. Then, for no reason at all, Alamo began pepper spraying McCoy in the face, which was done maliciously and sadistically. And there doesn't seem to be any, as we were saying, there doesn't seem to be any actual dispute that this is how it went down. The guard was upset that an unrelated inmate, evidently across the hall, threw water on him and then decided to just pepper spray random inmates. That's the American justice system, apparently. Yep. In Alamo's recounting, after he was chunked with an unknown liquid by Jackson, he ran away from the cell. Wait, was that word chunked? Yeah. I, I don't, that's how he described it. I thought I heard you say moments ago, prepper spray, and I was just thinking that, you know, you spray somebody and then suddenly they have six months worth of food and water. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's called, and it's called the Jones, the AJ, the AJ spray. The AJ spray. Well, all that's going to end up is giving you a DUI and having you locked in prison for a few months. I don't know. Oh, well, allegedly, he says <laughs> yeah. he was under the legal limit. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. We're going to talk a little bit more out to get him about this prison guard and whether or not it's unconstitutional to just randomly pepper spray prisoners for absolutely no reason. Eight five five four. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform that you can find at local.bitcoin.com that allows you to buy or sell Bitcoin Cash using dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, direct deposit, bank transfer, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So finally, we have a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started buying and selling Bitcoin cash. Again, that's local.bitcoin.com. Now, in the news today, uh, right-wing conspiracy theorist, as the media has called him, has been arrested on charges of driving while intoxicated. Now, this happened this morning. And the curious thing I find about this isn't that Alex Jones was drunk and driving. It's that... He was drunk and driving at 8 a.m. in the morning? Yes. That, that to me, <laughs> is weird. Jones, who well, as host... Maybe he's a night owl. I'm a night owl as well. He but, said he wasn't intoxicated, so clearly this is just a plan by the globalists. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be at all surprised for Alex Jones to make some sort of... Only real patriots drink at 8 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) He's a host of InfoWars, obviously, a conspiracy theory outlet that has become a prominent force on the fringe right. And he was arrested today on a Class B misdemeanor DWI charge, according to a spokesman for the Travis County Sheriff's Department. Now, did either of you happen to read the article from the, I think he wrote it for the Washington Times or something, from the former Alex Jones employee who left and was like, look, I left and I'm sorry for all of the harm that I did 
well, I was working for InfoWars, but here's what's really happening. Mm-mm. Well, he described Alex Jones as an absolute alcoholic, constantly <laughs> drinking and driving. So I'm not at all surprised that just a few months after that guy's article came out, Jones gets hit with a DWI. InfoWars didn't respond to a request for comment. An article on the InfoWars website claimed that Jones was caught in a Travis County DWI dragnet at 8 o'clock in the morning after being pulled over for speeding. In the story, Jones said he had been drinking a small amount of sake at a Japanese restaurant. I'm the sorry. highest quality liquor. You have to keep your mind protected from the mind control beams by keeping yourself slightly inebriated at all times. And to be fair, uh, you're correct. This was not 8 a.m. in the morning. He was booked at 12.37 a.m. So it was a little bit after midnight. Oh, so well, he was arrested presumably, presumably around midnight. And I'm quite frequently drunk at midnight as well. That's not as weird as it initially seemed. wonder if he was also having sushi and see like into you know the toro and the i was more curious if he was having a thai lady boy (laughs) or if he's just straight up taking sake by itself nothing else with it he needs to buy just goes into a place and he's like i just want sake and nothing else (laughs) and you'd think he'd be concerned about the uh, coronavirus maybe i don't know why would he be because he's a conspiracy guy well yeah The alcohol, well, they, they've been saying alcohol kills it. There you go. <laughs> so an arrest affidavit filed in court paints a different picture. According to the report, Jones's wife called the sheriff's department on Monday night to report a family disturbance between her and Jones. Jones's wife, I thought they were getting divorced or they had been divorced or something. He's still, he's still, so he's still making a lot of money. I guess so, but. I guess they, got, they were trying to work it out. Jones's wife added that he had possibly been drinking, according to the report. Yeah, she set him she up. She spells, when you say work it out, she spells work D-R-A-G. Yeah. Drag it out <laughs> as long as possible. The disturbance now was only verbal, but earlier in the day, it was physical. Well, no, she's working she, all right, She's working on her case. So, oh, she, well, yeah. so she gets him riled up. <laughs> he usually stays at the house when he's drunk, but she has run him out of the house because he's you know about to punch her. See, this implies then, that he keeps Saki at home. Yeah. Well, well maybe, maybe well, and he could might. Be. But, but so I, I doubt it. And then and then she calls the cops. This was a setup. She's working on her case. She's working on her divorce case. I, and, she, and the more the more the crazier. I, I just he, don't see it. Well, I'm I'm just there. There I am, the cynic. From what I've seen of Alex Jones and his typical behavior, he seems like exactly the type of person who would who would cause a family disturbance, as they're calling it. While drunk, I, I think he I think he quite easily causes disturbances in, in whatever situation he enters, whether it be at the supermarket or at the uh, the sake restaurant, the restaurant that's serving the sake, the Thai boy place you were talking about. On the way to Jones's home, a sheriff's deputy saw a car that matched the description of Jones's car and pulled him over. Jones had a strong odor of alcohol coming from his person, according to the affidavit, and said he had drank a bottle. Of- a bottle of sake <laughs> oh, wow that night well, at dinner i don't they but they have different levels different concentrated i mean they have it's just a, like a light wine right i don't know it's rice wine yeah but it's actually very strong but yeah well you can make it yeah. strong so I, 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 it could be like a 
you know, ice cooler. I'm sure he drinks the strong be, it, stuff and then he tears his shirt off and pours the rest all over his body it could to be, display his manly physique. There you go. It could be ice level, uh, ice cooler level, or it could be straight up 14% stuff like I make. <laughs> Are you I, making rice wine at home? No, That's just the... that. Well, just apple wine mostly. <laughs> it's good. It sounds like it would be good. It's, I'm well, a big wine drinker. The, the, well, the problem is, is I I can't let it age long enough. We're not going to find you tearing your shirt off and driving through the streets, are we? <laughs> mm. Well, according, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, 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 well, it's it, it is warming up. <laughs> it's like 50 degrees out there right now. According to a quick Google search, undiluted sake contains about 18 to 20 percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> wow. Although it's usually lowered to about 15% by diluting it with water prior to bottling. So That's good stuff. Yes, it's about... That's pretty high. It's a little bit stronger than wine. And a bottle of wine is about what I can drink if I'm trying to you know, just get Yeah, but this guy, this guy weighs twice as you. He's yes, probably, but He's I, probably three... three pr- how much do you think he weighs? Wait, yeah. So the average alcohol by volume for wine, though, by the way, is 11.6. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought so, it was closer to 12 or 13. That's the, yeah, stuff, no. that's the stuff you drink. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, the the, the high alcohol stuff is 12.5 to 13.5%. But still, that's all, you know, a couple percent lower than than sake, which is, you know, that's still a pretty big jump. It is. I can't imagine drinking a bottle of, you know, 15% or even 18 or 20% sake and then attempting to drive just a few hours later, evidently. Because if he was arrested, if he was booked at 1237, I'd figure even if he ate dinner late right. or early, eight hours, yeah. okay, eight hours probably would have been enough, but probably not to be under the legal limit as he's claiming. And is he just sitting there by himself drinking? <laughs> like, was he? No, he was, he was screaming at his wife. <laughs> so they, you know, they were together and she, he, he just drinks the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, rice, it, that's your dinner. I guess. Liquid rice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, it, it neglects to mention what he had for dinner earlier that night, other than the bottle of maybe, sake. Maybe that's what uh, that's what prepper spray is. It's just sake. <laughs> <laughs> so the report describes Jones's eyes as watery and and glassy with constricted pupils, and adds that the host was excited, talkative, and carefree. Jones that is never describes ex- Alex Jones. <laughs> this is free talk. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit at DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And for years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory for liberty-minded businesses. And we're helping to build one, liberty.menu. Liberty.menu is a tool for our community. At its core is a directory for events, businesses, digital content, and more. 
Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social network aspect to it, so you can connect and share with others. Use of Liberty.menu, however, is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force, and for those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. So put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu and use code FTL to get a special badge. That's Liberty.menu. Now, tonight we've been uh, sort of laughing at Alex Jones and uh, uh, evidently the bottles of sake that he drinks during dinner. The story gets a little bit more interesting. Jones stated that he and his wife got into an argument while eating dinner and that he ended up walking home from the restaurant, according to the affidavit. Now, again, I really thought that he and his wife were in the middle of of a divorce, and that she was trying to get the kids taken away and that in the course of doing this, he had, you know, said in front of a judge that his whole conspiracy theorist thing was just an act and that he wasn't actually as insane and deluded as he portrayed himself. I'm not crazy. I promise. Yeah. It's just an act. It's just an act. <laughs> you don't need to give me that medication. You can take the straitjacket off right now. So Jones swayed back and forth during the interview, according to the affidavit, and later allegedly failed a walk-and-turn sobriety test. Never having taken one of these, I assume that's just where they say walk down there, turn around and walk yeah, back. and then walk on a line usually. Yeah, it seems like it'd be fairly hard to fail that if you're, if you're sober. <laughs> Jones said, now, and I'm surprised that Jones wouldn't immediately record every interaction he has with police. I think that's what surprises me most mm, about that is this. True is that Alex Jones get, gets pulled over at midnight and doesn't immediately pull out his phone and start videotaping it. If he even has a smartphone. Maybe he's off the, he's an off-the-grid type. Maybe he was too drunk. Is, well, he runs InfoWars, so he's not too off-the-grid. He's got people working for him, though. Yeah, he's got cameras everywhere hey, around Google him this. as well. Joe, Google this. I don't have a phone. <laughs> Record this. Jones announced his arrest on a Tuesday episode of his show, claiming that he had blown under the legal limit of 0.08 blood alcohol content. Jones recorded a 0.079 on the test, which for those keeping score is one thousandth of a point lower than the legal limit, according to the affidavit, putting him one hundredth below the limit. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Not one thousandth. Texas law, however, allows for a driver to be charged with a DWI, even if they're under the limit, if they're considered to be impaired. But this isn't the first time that Jones has been linked to alcohol and driving. In a December New York Times story, ah, yeah, here it is. I'm glad they mentioned it. A former InfoWars staffer described Jones driving while drinking out of a Dixie cup that had the smell of vodka like paint thinner in 2016. That's some really bad vodka. I like this. There's a description of a video that's uh, Alex Jones debunks the DWI charge on the InfoWars page. And the description is, it's real short. It just says, Alex Jones shows the breathalyzer paperwork on air that proves that he was under the legal limit <laughs> for blood alcohol content needed to charge him with a DWI after being arrested. And then the next line is, by the way, people who know what's coming are taking advantage of our healthy and delicious storable food. <laughs> Did you just say horrible? Storable. Oh, Maybe storable, horrible. horrible. <laughs> I just, I just love that everything always follows the same formula with them. Filter the water. Get our our 
uh, <laughs> iodine tablets because there could be nuclear fallout. You know, it's just some sort of fear tactic to sell something. Every single little bit of attention that they get. So his his video now is suggesting that he's debunking the DWI claim with the paperwork that shows him to be just slightly under yeah. the legal limit. Yeah. And below that, he's trying to sell people. Um, yep. And different people react to alcohol very differently. I mean, he. I, I mean, clearly he wants to show how manly he is. He doesn't want anybody to believe that he's an absolute lightweight. Well, I mean, he seems like the kind, based on what we've heard yeah. from like the former InfoWars staffer and stuff like that, he probably drinks a fair bit. Yeah, well, maybe. And yet. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he was uh, not drinking for a while, or who knows? I mean, oh, but he true. failed a uh, uh, walk uh, line test, right? Well, presumably ten percent or whatever, or a hundredth or whatever below the legal limit. I mean, he was close to the legal limit, but he was he failed this test under the legal limit, so presumably. Yeah. So. So what happens if you turn out with zero blood alcohol content, but you still fail this test anyway because, say, you have an inner ear infection? I don't know. I don't think it. I mean, even if you have an inner ear infection, maybe you shouldn't be driving. If you can't walk a straight line, maybe you shouldn't be driving a vehicle. You know, I don't think this woman is his wife. I think they got a divorce. In, Who? in 2015. He and his original wife? Because what the Discord chat at discord.freetalklive.com is saying is that this is his new, his new wife. Uh-huh. All right. Well, the, the, one, the 2015 wife was named Kelly. It doesn't and, say his wife. And name. he was having an affair with one of his Infowar people, which is probably why she got, they got a divorce. So this might be the new wife. He really doesn't seem like a very reliable, upstanding sort of person. No, he doesn't. Why did they use eight pictures of his mugshot here from the Daily Beast for this article? That, <laughs> that's what throws me off, man. It, it's just eight identical pictures of him, and it's just his mugshot. Yeah, I mean, you would usually have a different uh, fa- a phase. Different, each one would be a different expression, but they, it's, um, it's all the same. They like Alex. Do some faces. I, I, can, <laughs> I, I can probably explain this because the box size that they have for the header um, for their article images um, is a horizontal format and a vertical mugshot. They could either do Center a repeat and have white space. They on could the either end? do a repeat Warhol kind of pattern or do like black around it. And I feel like they thought that this was you know. I mean, they at least could have repeating the image looked better than putting black space around it. If they the were sides. going to use the same picture, they could have at least done like an Andy Warhol. That's you what know? they did. No, these are different. These are, I mean, these are not. Oh, you these, mean color them Yeah, each, each one's different color, different. <laughs> yeah, that would that would look great. Post, posterize it and, uh, uh, yeah. Actually, I mean. you know what? I bet that would sell. That would be a good t-shirt. <laughs> a Warhol version of Alex Jones's mugshot. Yeah. T-shirt, guys, get on it. I would buy that t-shirt. Yes, I would too. (laughs) So Alex Jones and his new wife evidently are fighting because she evidently didn't learn anything from his old wife. And the fact that, you know, he's been in federal court getting sued by people for making crap up on the air and all kinds of other shenanigans that Alex Jones gets up to. And apparently he's rather belligerent, especially when he's been drinking and managed to sit down at this Japanese restaurant, evidently. Oh, I'm assuming it's Japanese since they were serving sake. And to sit there having dinner with his wife, drinking an entire bottle of sake there. Mm. Now, having gone to a number of Japanese restaurants, I've never been in a position to say, hey, you just bring out the whole bottle. 
Because they normally bring you a small container and your little eggshell cups to pour it yourself. At least in my experience. I've never had them just bring out a whole bottle. It seems a bit excessive. Well, he's he's Alex Jones. But evidently, <laughs> he got frustrated with his wife and walked home. And she ended up calling the police at some point. The whole, the whole thing is just bizarre. Because somehow he ended up back home. And then he left again. And at some point, he got a DWI. But no, he was suddenly within the legal limits. Now, I had seen earlier that he failed the stand-on-one-leg test. But that's not what this article asserts. And he also, according to what I saw earlier, he claimed that the officer also couldn't do it when he was attempting to demonstrate what he wanted Jones to do. So who really knows what's going on? But Alex Jones arrested for a DWI. It's actually kind of funny. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. Or you can use the Discord call-in lines, which you can find at discord.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And uh, Conan, you've got a, you you wanted to get into more detail about this uh, Lemmings mess that we were talking about during the first segment that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I've only ever, I, I haven't researched the issue i've never watched the original documentary or show or whatever it was supposed to be so my experience about this is largely hearsay i think uh that's probably the case for a lot of people they heard one thing at some time in their life probably when they were kids and then it came out that it was nah, it didn't actually happen yeah the- it, uh, but by hearsay no one ever you know no one's actually you know read the article or talked to the experts because it's just one of those it's just one of those urban myths that just developed and now no one knows what happened. And right. we got and we got to get to the bottom of this. This is the this is a segment of why Conan is such a total a total sec, uh, cynic and why he doesn't trust anybody. All right. Plain and simple. Lemming suicide myth, the Disney film fake bogus behavior. Lemmings do not commit mass suicide. It's a myth. It's remarkable how many people believe it. Ask a few. And and uh, you Johnson, you heard this at one time. I've heard it. Yeah, I played the game. Yeah, the, uh, the umbrellas the, and the digging. And exactly. The I re- I totally forgot about that game. That's old school, right there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's about. A, it's a it's a puzzle game. Okay. Uh, is there anything similar out there right now that that was like the lemmings? You no. basically get I mean, your lemmings. lemmings. <laughs> you can still get it. You can play it for free online and uh, using DOSBox. I uh, at the ar- uh, at uh, archive.org. They've they got a bunch I'm, of games. I'm, I'm familiar, and I'm, I just don't have the time to. Yeah play stuff like that <laughs> i got too many new games that i that have, haven't been even installed yet I mean, this is great man yeah. it is a complete urban legend said wildlife biologist thomas mcdonough i think it blew out of proportion based on a disney documentary in the 50s and that brought it into the mainstream lemmings are a kind of short-tailed vole a mouse-like rodent that favors tundra and open grasslands. Three kinds are found in Alaska, including the collared lemming, the only rodent that turns white in winter. 
1958, Walt Disney produced White Wilderness, part of the studio's True Life Adventures series. White Wilderness featured a segment of lemmings detailing their strange compulsion to commit mass suicide. And yes, I watched the clip, and it really does seem like a bunch of lemmings on the, on the precipice of a cliff were hurling themselves to their death. <laughs> uh, well, it was into water, but then they would, you know, yeah. sus- su- they would, of course, drown. According to a 1983 investigation by Canadian Broadcasting Corporation producer Brian Valley, the lemming scenes were faked. The lemmings supposedly committing mass suicide by leaping to the ocean were actually thrown off the cliff by the oh. Disney by the Disney filmmakers. Wow. The epic lemming migration was staged using careful editing, tight camera angles, and a few dozen lemmings running on snow-covered Lazy Susan-style turntable. White Wilderness was filmed in Alberta, Canada, a landlocked province, and not on location in lemmings' natural habit, habitat. There are about 20 lemming species found in the uh, circ- circumpolar north, but evidently not that area of Alberta. So not only did they fake it, but they actually brought lemmings into this area where they don't even, they, they're not even populated. I'm just thinking about what a different time the 50s must have been, because I can't imagine a director of a documentary today suggesting, hey, why, why don't we just get these little creatures here and fling them off the cliff? Uh-huh. What about in the not, army when they well, did that with a puppy? Well, now we'll get we'll get to that, because the reason I even mentioned it a couple of weeks ago is because there is some truth in this, and we'll get to that. I mean, do you remember the video that's circulating around the internet during uh, the Iraq war when uh, some soldiers out in... Uh, I think it was either Iraq or Afghanistan decided to take some local puppies and chuck them off a cliff. No, oh God, no. that was a, a widely circulated. Video no, I I never heard of that. I, oh, yeah. How did that work out for them? Um, I probably got probably probably got awards. Yeah. Probably got medals. <laughs> well, I expect soldiers to be a little screwed up in the head and to do evil, horrific things. That's kind of the job description. Yeah. So I can't be surprised that the same type of people who you know. Yeah, they probably got medals for real. Murdered journalists and tortured people at Abu Ghraib threw some puppies off a cliff. Yeah. So these lemmings aren't in this area of Alberta. So the Disney people brought lemmings from the Inuit children. They bought uh, a couple provinces away in Manitoba and staged the whole sequence. In the lemming segment, the little rodents assemble for a mass migration, scamper across the tundra, and ford a tiny stream as narrator Winston Hibbler explains... That a, quote, a kind of compulsion seizes each tiny rodent. And carry- <laughs> yes, that compulsion has caught the human throwing them <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> and carried along by an unreasoning hysteria, each falls into step for a march that will take them to a strange destiny. This is the narrator talking? This is the narrator, correct. End quote. That destiny is to jump into the ocean. As they, <laughs> <laughs> as they approach the sea, actually a river, more tight cropping. Hibbler continues... They've become victims of an obsession, a one-track thought. Move on, move on, end quote. The pack of lemmings reaches the final precipice. It's so poetic Yeah, yeah. how he is describing (laughs) these people picking up these creatures and throwing them into the river. This is is the overpopulation hysteria that was prevalent in the... This was late, late, it was 58. So in the 60, early 60s, the, all, the, probably the whole decade, there was an overpopulation uh, hysteria. Well, there it, still is. It's not as bad because now it's the, uh, it's not as, it's not what it was. Now the, now the overpopulation is to control climate. But in the 60s, it was, 
we're going to eat all the food and we're all going to die. It's going to be it's going to be uh, Soylent Green. And that's why you had a lot of those types of Omega Man, Soylent Green that came out. So these are people who knew nothing about natural selection. I this is why I don't trust anybody. <laughs> the scientists, they were all in, they were all in agreement like oh we, we can't we can't 4 billion people or whatever it was. We the earth cannot sustain this amount of people and look where we're at. Well, it doesn't matter. The ones that can't sustain will die off. Well, and not if the you're, problem will fix itself. Not if you're a, a rain, rainbows and unicorns communist, you can't have people just, you know, dying unless you put unless it's your gulags that you're putting them in. <laughs> all right, where was I? So they had the obsession. Move on, move on. The pack of lemmings reached the final precipice. This is the this is the last chance to turn back. Hitler states. Yet over they go, casting themselves out bodily into space. And then that's exactly what you're seeing. These we, we should we should watch the actual. Clip I have to the, watch this now, knowing that it's completely fake. I absolutely you have see to it, watch you this. You see it in a completely different light, and it makes you mad. It's like I can't believe they did this. <laughs> Um, lemmings are seen flying into the water. The final <laughs> shot shows the sea awash with dying lemmings. Certainly, some scenes in nature documentaries are staged. In Sir David Ak- uh, Attenborough's uh, recent documentary, The Life of Birds, the close-up footage of a flying duck filmed, a ra- uh, filmed razor sharp from the bird's wingtip was shot from a car using a mallard drake trained to fly alongside the car. <laughs> but faking an entirely mythical event is something else. Disney had to have gotten that idea from somewhere, said Thomas McDonough, the state wildlife biologist. Disney likely confused dispersal with mi- uh, migration. He added and embellished a kernel of truth. Lemming populations fluctuate enormously based on predators, food, climate, and other factors. Under ideal conditions, in a single year, a population of voles can increase by a factor of 10. When they have exhausted the local food supply, they disperse, as do moose, beaver, and many other animals. And this is what I was talking about. This is a, you know, all animals will do it, but it's especially uh, uh, concerning when you have, the, like, the rabbits and the little, the little guys that breed basically like rabbits. So lemmings can swim and will cross bodies of water in their quest for greener pastures. Sometimes they drown. Dispersal and accidental death is a far cry from the instinctive, deliberate mass suicide depicted in white wilderness. But Hibbler explains that life is tough, and the lemmings weird, weird are the weird world of frozen chaos. The voiceover implies that lemmings take the plunge every seven to ten years to alleviate overpopulation. Do lemmings even live that long? It doesn't seem like your typical rodent would. No, they don't. They probably, they, especially in the wild, they get picked off probably with, within that year. Part of the Disney's globalist plan to depopulate the planet. But every four. Starting and, and, with the and lemmings. It's, and it's more like four <laughs> to ten. I mean, where else would you start? Well, you have to turn the fish trans, you have to turn the frogs gay, and you have to turn the lemmings suicide. Well, I mean, if you were to really, if you were to really believe that there was a conspiracy theory there, you would say that they were doing that to say that there was an animal that would sacrifice itself so that they could convince people that people need needed to depopulate every certain amount of period of time. Correct. And yes, like it's, this noble animal. So, so no, it's not the it's not the Well, then what's his issue with gay people because that's um I, I don't know how to tell him this, but that's depopulating <laughs> the human population. Well, the population controllists out there are probably happy with all the cat moms out there and the dog moms. No, just take a look the, at Alex Jones and Milo and people like him, they complain about it all the time. That's they why hate it. that's why there's that's why he loves Asaki. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. Have you heard of Liberty Con? Liberty Con is not only a convention with great speakers like Whole Foods CEO and co-founder John Mackey and Nobel Prize winner Vernon Smith. 
But it's also unique because you get a chance to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations one-on-one for the purpose of career advancement, business, and internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com and use code FTL for a $10 discount on your registration. Learn more at LibertyCon.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call it and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And Conan, you said you had a little bit more about this Limbic story you wanted to get into. Yep, yep, yep. So we were talking about dispersal and these lemmings having population bombs, pretty much. Uh, and they range from like four to ten years. And though the lemming itself, you, you know, probably only lives a year or two years, but the entire populations just tend to react to greener pastures. You know, if, if, if it was a green year and there was a low predator, uh, a low predator year, they're just going to go out of control. And then, of course, the subsequent year, either they're going to go drown themselves looking for greener pastures, or the predators are actually going to increase in numbers and take care of business. Sure. Right now, natural my, selection. Yeah, right now in my backyard here in Keene, in North Keene, the squirrels are out of control. <laughs> I have seriously in, in this this year and and you know in a couple of months I've already taken out a dozen squirrels. And they're still out there and I have to because they they dig up my my seedlings. I have a family of groundhogs sh- living under my shed. They are so cute. Well, they, they are freaking adorable. Well, don't garden. I don't. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll probably. I go outside to tan and, and smoke, and that's it. As long as yeah, well, then so good. Well, I guess and cut the grass and you know do all that adult stuff. And you know, but... I don't even know. You know, uh, I'm I don't know what they would do to a garden. I know what chipmunks and I know what squirrels do to a garden. They're dangerous, and they're not going to be in my yard. They're going to be in my stock pot. And yes, I you know. Mm, and, and, and if I don't eat them, the chickens <laughs> will. So here, let's talk about let's talk about dispersal. What Hold pe- on, can we talk about chickens eating chipmunks? You can. Uh, I, I feel like that's the story of the hour now. Okay, so <laughs> chickens are are, are carnivores. Are, are, yeah, they're oh, yeah. they're little dinosaurs, man. They uh, eat anything. They okay. eat. Anything. I guess I never thought about birds being carnivores, they but eat, yeah, you are right. They eat anything <laughs> and everything. Birds eat worms. They eat bugs. Yeah. And so and but they and. Actually, actually, flying birds probably don't eat a whole lot of. It like, just seems plant- like birds would be herbivores. I don't know why it seems that way, but it does. Oh no, they are definitely. I've uh, never given it a single moment of thought. They're definitely obviously. they're definitely omnivores. Okay, they, they eat all things. Uh, my neighbors. So chickens will eat chipmunks. All right. I kind of need to see this. Are, are there YouTube <laughs> videos of this? If, yes, there are, there are actually. The, uh, the it depends on the size. The chipmunks in my backyard are a little too big. If they were little babies, will they attack, kill, and eat the chipmunk? They will attack the big chipmunk, but they won't be able to kill it and eat it unless unless there's like a whole dozen that go after them at the same time. I've seen chipmunks brave the expanse of of, uh, of chicken pasture, of and chickens. the chickens will just okay. come out of nowhere like raptors, right out of you know, like, <laughs> right out of Jurassic Park, and they will they will just dive onto this on this little chipmunk and he's running for his life blah, blah, and then, you know he'll usually get out i've never seen one of my chickens kill a full-size chipmunk no 
I have seen it on YouTube. And if it was a baby, it was small enough. Yes, absolutely. Here's what I do. You got to kind of chop them up. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. My brain is just not able to fathom the concept of chickens attacking, killing and eating a chipmunk. It's just it's so foreign to me. Just go back to Jurassic Park uh-huh. and, and go and picture yourself a raptor. Yes, but with those chickens claws. are not raptors, though. When you see they them, when you see them running after a chipmunk, <laughs> you'll be like, "Whoa, that's straight out of Jurassic Park." All right, dispersal. What people <laughs> what people see when these lemmings do this do their thing? What people usually see is essentially mass dispersal. Said zoologist Gordon Gerald, an expert in small mammals with the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Sometimes it's pretty directional. The classic example is the Scandinavian mountains where the lemmings have been uh, dramatically observed. They will come in, they will come to a body of water and be temporarily stopped and eventually they will build up along the shore so dense that they will swim across. They will actually be forced out into the water because they're they're stepping all over each other. Okay, it's not that I'm not listening, but would would chickens (laughs) attack and kill the groundhogs in my yard? kill no they would probably be just fine with each other like my cats and you know bigger animals they'll just walk around and they'll hang out if i was if you were small enough if you were a little you know a little uh fairy yeah not to, not to <laughs> like t- like tinker like tinkerbell size right. yeah yeah and you're in my backyard if i was a fairy right my chick my chicken my chickens would eat you they would, but if you're you, Arya's size. That is the most horrifying, being eaten by a chicken is the most horrifying thought I think I've had this year. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> well, well, maybe the chickens will taste, do you eat chicken? Yes. Well, maybe it'll taste better from now on. <laughs> Take that, you stupid dinosaur. Exactly. This is what you okay. get. If you don't eat, if, here's the way I look at it. If you don't eat them, they're going to eat you. <laughs> so basically, but, but so, that is... If I was a fairy, if or a tink- I was a fairy, if, if you were t- if you were a Tinkerbell, a little Thumbelina. So basically, they all gather at the water's edge. They they the mass they there's so many of them that they they get pushed out in the water and they just like all right, well hey, it's just a body of water. I mean, what else? Well, let me swim. There's, there's, there's got to be yeah, exactly. There's got to be another side, right? Except sometimes they, they get tired. Because sure. the expanse of water is just Or too, there's an undercurrent or whatever. Or maybe there's a big, maybe there's a shark or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, so they get pushed out into the water. Uh, quote, there's no question that at times they will build up to huge numbers, Gerald said. Uh, one description from Barrow does talk about them drowning and piling up on the shore. Uh, Gerald said when people learn that he works with lemmings, the mass uh, suicide issue often comes up. It's a frequent question. He says they do really, do they really kill themselves? No, the answer is no. So they're not suicidal, but yes, they will uh, have population booms and they will either try to go find greener pastures or they'll they'll die from disease and stuff because there's just too many of them. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's how natural selection and environment works. Correct. I mean, you run out of food. I mean, that's what early humans did. They followed the food. If there wasn't food in an area, then they left to go somewhere else. If they didn't get stamped on by a mammoth or something. I think and when they got too populated, they discovered uh, or too concentrated in small areas. You know, disease became more rampant. Right. Yeah. This happens in all uh, animal populations. I do believe it's happening right now. When you, when you have your herbivore. The coronavirus? No, no, no. Don't, don't worry about the coronavirus. I'm the not COVID-19. in the worried. But I mean, no, you have, you have uh, countries all over the world, uh, uh, third world countries, uh, first world countries, excuse me, who are 
not making babies? Do you have people who would rather have a dog or a cat? Do you okay, have... in first world countries. Yeah, uh, the third world countries are doing just fine. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. It's just the way it works. But I mean, this is, I, this is the, the population is correcting itself. I think, I think there's na- just naturally too many people. And I think there is a sense, especially among the, the snowflakes and the millennials, that they don't want to have kids. And the fairies. Because it doesn't make sense to them. They <laughs> the, don't, they, the fairies they, don't have kids. Do they not? How do they reproduce? Well, they, they tend to not reproduce. I mean, they, they might adopt. Or is it magic? Does someone, make a, does someone make a wish or something? Wish on a star and you get a new, a new Tinkerbell? Well, I mean, since we were talking about Alex Jones earlier, we, you know, turned about talking about frogs. The frogs, they just switch genders so that they can reproduce. So. Well, so they're, they're, they're correcting. They're, they are, they're, that species is correcting itself if there's not enough frogs, right? And maybe that, you know, nature, it's, you brought up Jurassic Park. The whole slogan behind it is. Life will find a way. There you go. Well, I think right now in, in our in human populations, life is correcting itself. There's too many people, and there's a sense of dread among the youngsters, and they just they don't want to they don't want to have kids. They don't want to have families. They don't want to be in relationships. They just want to play video games and and worry about the the doom and gloom of Greta Thunberg and the, her. The, the coronavirus the, doesn't affect the uh, the kids. Let's just yeah, say. exactly. But you know who is more concerned about Corona than anybody? Who's the that? kids. Yeah. And well, because it, they're young and impressionable, and all all the media is doing is, you know, fear mongering about it, just like they did with global warming. That's why the kids are the ones who are so overwhelmingly concerned about global warming. They've been told their entire lives this is going to kill you, and now they're being told every single day this is going to kill you. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen many articles that says specifically it's the elderly who are dying from coronavirus, and and that that those articles are out there. That news is out there. So why aren't the old boomers, the old boomers, why aren't they freaking out? It's just the young people. I think I don't think it's just because they're impressionable. I think there's something in the air, something in the water. Is it turning make, the frogs gay? It's making them. <laughs> it's making them crazy. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. That's eight five five four fifty free. As in Free Talk. Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And are you 100% sure that you're going to have a great retirement, or do you have doubt? Well, Tom Young, the author and founder of the CFO Project, can show you how to be debt-free in nine years or less, including your mortgage, without spending a single dollar more. And with the current state of the federal debt at $23 trillion and the unfunded liabilities at $127 trillion, you can't wait to take control of your money. Instead of building a plan, Tom can show you how to create strategies now to save money without penalties and with as little government involvement as possible. His new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, is available for free at cfo-project.com. That's cfo hyphenproject.com. It's a free book. Go check it out and figure out how you can build wealth and eliminate debt at the same time without getting the government involved all in your affairs. Now, 
Speaking of the government trying to involve itself in people's affairs, a U.S. congressman has introduced a bill that would clarify which federal agencies are supposed to regulate cryptocurrency, evidently. Coming to us from Cointelegraph, a U.S. congressman has introduced the Cryptocurrency Act of 2020. On March the 9th, so yesterday, Representative Paul Gozer, a Republican of Arizona, because if there's anything Republicans love, it's regulation, Mm -hmm. introduced the Cryptocurrency Act of 2020, a bill that looks to choreograph a wide range of digital assets to answer to the appropriate regulator. Oh, wow, that's a name. Sorry, I had to figure (laughs) out how to pronounce that. I'm not even going to bother. Stexulate. Stexulate. So the, <laughs> see, I like yeah. Will, so, his name is Will. Well, yeah, as Will Gozer's Gozer. Isn't that the name? Gozer the, the Gozerian. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means. I guess it's Gosar or something. I'm going to keep calling him Gozer because Gozer is more appropriate. Look, when someone asks if you're a god, <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> the bill looks to provide not only clarity but legitimacy to crypto assets in the United States. Now, legitimacy can't be provided to crypto assets by the federal government. I don't know how to tell them that, but it can't. Gozer's proposal divides digital assets into three categories, crypto commodity, cryptocurrency, and crypto security. Respectively, the three categories would be governed by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the Secretary of the Treasury via the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN, and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Interestingly, the language of the bill would submit the status of digital assets like Bitcoin as crypto commodities rather than cryptocurrencies. So hold off on fouling your taxes. Everyone who's holding Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and for some reason is going to make the IRS aware of that because evidently... If this bill was to pass, you would not have any cryptocurrency. You would have crypto commodities. Mm-hmm. But isn't that one of the questions this year about whether you own any crypto? They asked a lot of different questions via what you own as far as crypto was concerned. Do they? Oh, we'll have to bring it back up. We talked about this two weeks ago. I took a look at TurboTax today, and all it asked was, did I buy, Did I trade or purchase i think any cryptocurrency in 2019 of course i i said no mm-hmm. right because i'm not an idiot but that was i imagine if i said yes it would have quite a lot more questions but i'm not gonna go down that road yeah i mean why would i yeah financial interest i don't even know what that means yeah I, i'm an idiot i mean there's so many different definitions to the word interest you know like I mean, plus you can always plead the fifth, presumably. So the classification of cryptocurrency reads representations of United States currency or synthetic derivatives, more reminiscent of stable coins like Tether and presumably New Bits or whatever the latest dollar Tether is. New Bits is no longer a dollar Tether at the very least. It collapsed in like 2018. But the only real cryptocurrencies, according to this bill, would be things like the U.S. dollar tether. The language behind crypto securities remains familiar, 
all debt, equity, and derivative instruments that rest on a blockchain or decentralized cryptographic ledger. I saw another article today uh, from one of these guys who does uh, Shark Tank. I don't remember his name. Uh, Mark. Mark Cuban. Yeah. Who what? was saying that, you know, the issue with gold and Bitcoin is that the only thing providing them value is people being willing to buy it. And right. I don't think he was making the point that he thought he was making. Because the point there is that people are willing to buy it, right? And that provides it value. We have to ask in contrast, well, what provides the U.S. dollar with value? I've Guns. Never, yes, the government and people's faith in the government. But I've never known anyone to be interested in buying U.S. dollars. There's no U.S. dollar, local U.S. dollars dot com. Right. Unless you're traveling to the United States and you're just doing like a currency exchange. Mm. U.S. dollars. Unless it's it's silver or gold. Yeah, but then you're buying silver and gold. Correct. You're not buying dollars. The idea of buying dollars because you want them is extremely foreign to me. It may happen in foreign countries where their own currency is just so useless that like in Venezuela. But still, as an American who lives and breathes the U.S.D., it's not people wanting it that is providing it any value whatsoever. So the bill is an updated version of one that first leaked in December, but the updated bill features expanded definitions for terms like decentralized cryptographic ledger and smart contract, which are things that U.S. legislators are struggling to understand, which is about what you would expect from a group of people who describe the internet as a series of tubes. Oh yeah, tubes. I love the tubes. So this same group of people who doesn't even understand how the internet works are attempting to make legislation about cryptocurrency without understanding how smart contracts work. And the two aren't necessarily related because smart contracts can exist outside of blockchain technology, but... One one would need to understand the nature of smart contracts in order to understand the nature of cryptocurrency, if not vice versa. So possibly more significantly, the updated bill is more explicit about determining primary rather than sole regulatory responsibility. So it's not that Benson alone will be responsible for regulating um, U.S. dollar tethers and things like that, but they will be primarily responsible for doing it these other ones the security and exchange commission the u.s treasury they can all regulate it too they're just not the primary ones doing it so it's a total mess and i don't see this bill even if it gets passed which is extremely unlikely i don't see it really doing anything to make the government's task of regulating cryptocurrency any easier 855-450-3733 though let us know what you think is cryptocurrency doomed to be regulated that's 855 I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at Edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, Edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet.
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in to talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And so the Edge Wallet is the mobile wallet that I use for securely holding my cryptocurrencies and for using it when I go to one of the many places here in Keene that accept cryptocurrency. It's user-controlled, so you always have your own money. It supports Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many more. Being built by a veteran team since 2014 with a tagline of Secure Your Freedom. You can find out more about it by visiting edge.app. That's edge.app, or you can just download it directly from the Google Play or iOS stores. Check it out. It's a great wallet, by far the easiest to use. So, Johnson, you just brought in a story that vanished from my site as I was looking at it. <laughs> so what? Possibly. Yeah. Six secrets from couples who have paid off debt, built empires, and semi-retired by 35. It sounds like it's going to be. In- is this going to make us all sad? It's just um, like, a, oh, well, you just need to have a billionaire father. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that there's probably some tricks in here for people that uh, can can stand to better manage their money. Um, so uh, they this article here is from the Penny Hoarder, obviously. So it's you know it's for people who are trying to uh, you know amass wealth by. Uh, doing kind of smarter by wearing the same things wearing the same tennis shoes for two years straight and sure. only driving 20 year old junkers yeah exactly that's, that's the type of uh, tips that you can do you know you gotta grind for a while before you're gonna have any kind of uh financial um uh security but typically these people these types of couples even after they've accumulated all the wealth they're still, they're still driving around in junkers yeah. and wearing old tennis shoes. Yeah. So, uh, again, this thing is, yeah, six, six secrets from couples who paid off that, built out empires and semi-retired by 35. And it begins here to say, are you one part of a couple? Someone's better half, partner in crime? That's good news because we've got plenty of money tips from real couples who have paid off debt, improved their credit scores, and built business empires. Uh, they hold sh- on. Is this not going to help single people? Um, I imagine it would help single <laughs> I'm people so too. Confused. I imagine it would help single people too, but it's geared towards uh, couples. They share their tips into to financial success, and hey, you too can even start using some of their strategy strategies right now. Secret number one: enjoy the spoils of passive income and semi-retire by thirty-five. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you, I mean, twelve years ago, if you had bought. $5,000 worth of Bitcoin, you could semi-retire today off your passive oh, yeah. <laughs> income. <laughs> For sure. Some some have. The, the, the trick to retiring early then is to have a lot of income. Who knew? Well, it's to... It, no, the trick to retiring early is to... Make good investments. Live, live on less than you earn. Sure. So always live a lifestyle that is below what you're actually earning so that you can be investing. So the tip that they have is, you know, and, and a lot of people just react to this kind of inf- advice and information. And they're like, that's ridiculous. I could never do that. It doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, that's because you're living beyond your means and you don't even realize it. Um, and that's a lot of people. Um, yeah. If you're not paying your credit card off every month. Yeah. So you're actually, you know, paying interest. Yeah. 
and you have more than like your mortgage. You have a car a car payment, and a, you have your house payment, and you yeah, oh oh, and you didn't you, you're on a payment plan because to buy fuel instead of just buying <laughs> oh one one God. one you know jump. Right. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, so you know you should have some money uh, on the side. You should be able to invest part of your income. You know it's it's probably good and healthy if you were doing this in your twenties to start setting aside ten percent of your income every month. Um, but it says here, have you? Ever I, th- I'm alarmed that that is advice that people are even having to hand out to people. That hey, your income should exceed your expenses. Yeah. When you consider our government. And everyone thinks it's just doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> and even the Republicans who are supposed to be all small government and conservative values, uh, fiscal values, even they are not that so, upset yes, with, with the, the majority, way things work. I can't infinitely borrow money like the federal government The majority can. of Americans live completely paycheck to paycheck. Most people could not handle a surprise $500 expense. And most people don't have more than $3,000 in the bank. And they have horrible credit scores. This is the majority of America by drastic drastic amount. I'm try- I found that there's a great article that talked about this because this is not. And they that- wonder why we predict an economic collapse. That's not yeah. sustainable. <laughs> and it's not just poor people, Johnson. No, that, that's it's, everyone being poor. Yeah, that's the majority. That's it's, poor. That's well, yeah, poverty. It's, it's poor thinking. Yes, but no, people making a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand are doing that. Are doing the exact same thing. They're living outside of their means. They're racking up the debt. Yes, but they're like, poor like, as a result. No, I mean well, they, no. they just have more stuff. They have more stuff, yeah. exactly. So, if, so if we drove by their house, you'd like, no, that people aren't poor. They got a boat and they got a jet okay. skis and they got you know four car garage. Well, I've never met be... an attorney who wasn't hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, but they exist. Those you said you haven't met someone. I, I well, I used to do a lot of IT work, and a lot of my clients were attorneys, and every single one of them was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Oh my god! Well, that makes sense. It, it makes absolute sense that because uh, I used it, to always it, wonder why are these attorneys having their houses foreclosed on and things like that? They're freaking attorneys, right? Right. But it, it was because they just had massive when when amounts of debt. when big daddy government that we grew up indoctrinated, you know, not us, of course, we've gotten out of it. But when so many people have grown to see that this way of living is okay and it works. Why aren't they also going to adopt but it? But it for doesn't the, work. They don't, We're not they, the government. They don't see that. They know yeah. they, no, people don't see that. They think it's working just fine. So they're like, all right, Big Daddy can do it. I can do the same. It's the feeling that they've grown up with that, uh, go ahead. I mean, you, you, Well, the for, government can shoot people too, that, but they can't, and they know that they can't. This is true. Uh, well, I mean, but- So it, why it, does this disconnect happen in regard to finances? But if you know the right lawmakers, you can have people <laughs> maybe oh put away, possibly. Well, if you had the right amount of money, yeah. probably. If you know the right people. Ep- so, Epstein, too, could not kill himself. <laughs> so, so the first solution is to have more income than you have expenses. Yes. Which seems like it would be common sense and to take some of that income and invest it and invest it. Yeah. So that your, your money is working for you. This is considered to be a secret. I, I guess it's considered <laughs> to be something that people just don't do. Except if you're just putting it in the bank in the savings account, that money is, is actually, not, is actually losing value. Yeah, that's not investing. Yeah. You would have investing to, takes active, uh, you know, participation. Prop- well, and, 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 you know, and it has to be, I mean, you have to be, if you're not actively managing the money that you're investing, you have to be hiring someone to be actively managing. Well, I mean, technically money. putting in a savings account is 
investing it's, it's not it's, it's not, not a hor- very, it's not horrible yeah it's just a very poor investment but yeah. only i mean my bank is only like i don't know point two five percent or something so i mean it's not, not, yeah, not a whole some lot. people would consider it an investment but the problem is is that savings accounts while they used to beat inflation they don't beat inflation anymore so now it's not an investment okay fair point so if a savings account is actually not an investment but anymore. i mean even if but i mean even putting money away for a rainy day is, is is important i'm sure that's one of the bullet points there yeah i mean even if your money in your savings account isn't actually occurring interest that you would like well, uh at least you have a large, at least you have a couple paychecks in there that you could, you know, if something bad happened, well, you'd be able to fall back. To tickle the first point here a little bit, it says here, have you ever thought about investing in some real estate? No, you don't need to have an, or no, you don't need to have enough money for a down payment. You can start with a minimum investment of $500. So, so it is possible what, to is start this like, Is this like a commune thing or something where you um, make a community investment? No. So there are these, there are portfolios that are available. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, yeah, there are, there are things where you can get into these things. It's like almost like a, a trade fund. But based on what you were saying earlier, the average American doesn't have nope. $500 to invest in this. That's possible. So but they have to do some groundwork first. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, the people who read this type of thing are uh, people who are investing their money and being smart about it. And if you put aside 10% of your income, eventually you'll have 500 This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And the next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe. And instantly exchange between Divi... Bitcoin, and fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw it directly to your bank account. But there's no need to wait as Divi already offers the first one tap solution for earning passive income, as we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. with their multi-tiered master nodes that allows anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in more than 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. Again, that's DiviProject.org. Now, I've messed around with some of these multi-tiered masternodes that allow you to earn passive income in the past. But the the one in particular that I'm thinking about required 1,000 tokens in order mm-hmm. to start the node, which at the time cost about two grand. Right. And then the bottom fell out of that token. <laughs> yeah. And it suddenly cost about $30 right. to start one. So. A lot of people, there was no passive income. Yeah. There was passive destruction of your finances. <laughs> and then, you know, now now if you buy in, you could get, maybe get passive change. Oh, I'm sure they increased the, oh, yeah, the, the limit. Yeah. All right, Johnson, how do I buy real estate for $500? All right, well. This, this sounds like a scam. Uh, well, <laughs> I would definitely, you know, any kind of thing, if you're investing, you should try and invest. If you're, if you're going to have a managed investment, make sure that whoever is investing your money is a fiduciary uh which is you know a fancy legal term that means that they're obligated to act as your servant um you know it's it's a very very old term and a lot of people uh if they are not a fiduciary they're not obligated to look out for your best interests and they won't 
Um, so, you know, they're just looking to make a commission or whatever. So any kind of, uh, you know, obviously goes without saying any, any active financial investing involves risk. Uh, <laughs> so this particular risk is, uh, the Fundrise Starter Portfolio, which uh, they say uh, your money will be invested in a por- in portfolios of real estate around the United States. You can see exactly which properties are included in your portfolios, like a set of townhomes in Snoqualmie, Washington, or an apartment building in Charlotte, North Carolina. I got to be and honest; most of those do not sound like very good investments. Most of those. Well, the the two that you just read out did not sound like something I would personally you, you wouldn't want a piece of those properties well i think you can actually choose pick and choose amongst what they have available what is it townhomes in what's that place called snoqualmie washington yeah no thank you well especially <laughs> since since washington is just a uh you know a hive of uh coronavirus right now um and then an apartment building in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it says, you don't have to be the landlord. Fundrise does all the heavy lifting. As te- tenants pay their rent, you can earn money through quarterly dividend payments and potential appreciation of the property. We talked about to Kristen, uh, Christopher and Megan Miller, who at just 35 and 29 quit their full-time jobs and bought two acres in Berryville, Virginia. They live off of their savings from income and side gigs and use sources of passive income like Fundrise, to add to their financial security. They own rental properties too, but Christopher said Fundrise is even better. He's like, I view our our investments in Fundrise as something even more passive than rental properties we own. And I don't have to manage them. I don't have to do the work to improve the properties. I don't have to find tenants or evict tenants. Plus, it only takes $500 to get started, not $50,000. Hmm. Except you've got a middleman. Yes. And you've and that's in my but a lot in, of people, in my book. If, all right, so this is about making a lot money, of people middleman. A lot of people invest in property and hire a property management companies, so there's still going to be a middleman. I mean, when I yeah, was look, renting here in Keene, my landlord lived in California. I found out half of the half of the buildings, half of the properties in Keene are rentals. Yeah, and so yeah, a lot of people are yeah, only not actually. I should not even 50, say 50%. he lived in California because he might have had property in California and he stated his property in California sometimes, but frequently he was in Japan. So, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. But uh, secret number two, vow to pay off your debt for richer or for poorer. If you are like the majority of Americans, you've probably got debt. And unfortunately, it doesn't disappear when you get married. In fact, it might even feel more overwhelming if you're trying to tackle your combined debt together. Here's what we suggest. Refinance and consolidate your debt. What does that mean? Take out a personal loan, one that has lower interest rates and more favorite terms than your current situation. Then you'll use that personal loan to pay off your debt. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if they do secret one correctly, they won't have debt in the first place, right? That is true. But this is, you know, for people who don't know what they're doing. So they're everybody's got to start getting Uh, an education. Because for most of my life, I've avoided credit cards because if I can't pay cash right. for it then i don't need it but lately right. i'm like okay i have to play their game i'm gonna play their stupid game yeah all right what about all right you're talking about relationships couples you know yeah. my last I should say, my I last started, relation had student debt yeah i started playing the credit card game uh two years ago roughly um so i didn't i mean i had a credit card when i was really young but i was i you know it, it died like if you don't use credit cards they go away and i never really used credit cards you know from a young age so i never had a credit history and i'm like okay if i ever want to like really buy a house like you know i own property now but if i want to 
do so, better so, with somewhere it. down the road you're yeah, gonna somewhere have, down you're the road and auto better. loans and all that stuff credit is really important to get a better rate you know and so i'm like just away from the top tier of credit so i'm like 10 points away from being in prime rates for everything so it's not that hard <laughs> just pay it's, everything it's on just, time pay and it. pay it off and don't start paying interest because then you're going to get late fees and fees and more fees and then those fees are going to accrue interest and then that's more it just it works against you you want to have in money, the age, your money working for you in it's, the age of auto pay mm-hmm. you, you really don't have that excuse any longer <laughs> that i forgot to do it yeah. auto, well, pay, auto pay has saved my life they do because they're living paycheck to paycheck right they can't because you got to get out of that. You got to yeah, turn your auto pay. You got to get it. out of that. You got to start saving money and then putting money in your account so you have a huge buffer. That's what happened to me. Is I, you know, at one, the end of the day, what they have to do is cut down on their expenses. Yeah. I will That's say step that one in college, I was a mess. I, I got late fees. You know, there's ETF fees or whatever that you get when you, you know, charge to a debit card and you know then it goes into your account and you don't have you have insufficient funds mm-hmm. and then you get a twenty five dollar fee and then another charge comes in you get another fee i just i got so angry about that that i'm like okay and what i did is i actually did something that most people don't ever think to do and i was like okay i'm gonna set up three different bank accounts ones for bills ones for expenditures ones for something else i had like another you know maybe a savings Savings. or something like that so i set up these accounts and then what i started to realize is you know as time has gone on i don't really have that anymore i've got a business and a personal account but is that just building up a huge buffer on the spending account is plenty good enough as long as you're paying attention. You know, you don't that way you don't get any weird transactions. Um, if you do a real good job, yeah. five years down after you start this good practice, you won't even check on your bank account. Yeah. But every five months, apps it's like just- Mint are really helpful too. Having you know, if you if you have a budget or if you, even if you don't necessarily have a budget, there's an app called Mint that you give access to your accounts and it shows you what you're spending everything on. If you're if you're Doing proper- I use Clio for that. It's the yeah. same basic concept. Yeah. Um, if you're doing things properly and using credit cards properly, you can also do that with your credit card. Apple Card is actually really impressive with how it helps manage stuff if you want to be with Apple and Goldman Sachs. Um, I am. <laughs> I don't feel great about it. But um, the, the problem with debit cards is obviously you can get weird transactions and then people have access to the actual money in your account and you're not very well protected with a debit card. You probably shouldn't be doing that, but there are people that avoid credit cards all the time. And it's that puts you in a different dangerous situation because if you're using a debit card, there are various problems with debit cards. Um, so tracking your money again, Clio or mint will tell you like, okay, you spent this much on groceries, blah, blah, blah. You can create a rough, budget of like this much is on gas this much is on groceries this much is on rent this much is on electric bills but the categories aren't perfect like it lumps a lot of my expenses as just you have to be a little vigilant yeah you have to be a little little vigilant and tick off the transactions and put them in the categories that they're supposed to be in um so it's not perfect but it's helpful if you're somebody who can't actually like manually write down and make a budget some people are really good at it and they're like create their own spreadsheets and write things in a notebook and etc etc um so do that (laughs) and uh get it build up a buffer and don't be losing all your money to fees because that's that's a really bad way that's a way to lose a lot of money really fast and stop buying lottery tickets well that for sure you're not you're not not gonna win take a math class
So that's the first step in any of these solutions is to stop spending more than you're making. 855-450-3733. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then, install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And we're talking about uh, just lunacy in general among the American population who seems to not understand that if your expenses equal your income, you're going to have a bad time. And if your expenses exceed your income, you're going to have a terrible time because through all of this, you know, it's, it points out rightly that you can evidently start investing in real estate with a minimum of $500. Mm -hmm. But as we pointed out for the average American, that might as well be 50,000 because they're no closer to having $500 put aside to invest in something than they are 50,000. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And one of the, you know, the easiest ways is that, uh, you know, people think that they can't s- save up any money and yet they're, you know, smoking, drinking and, you know, spending $5 on coffee every single day. You going know, th- going out to the restaurants people, every week, you know, cut out alcohol out of your life and you're going to save a whole ton of money real fast. Most people, you know, in my- well, it's surprisingly cheap yeah. to drink alcohol. Uh, you get depending. the you get bottom shelf vodka, vodka. It depends on what you're doing. If you're going out for drinks or getting drinks at restaurants, that's what I'm talking. They see the going out to the restaurants every every day. I, yeah. My neighbor, I only eat out. He's a young guy and makes makes good makes good money. He goes out every single night to the bar, and it's like, wow, man, that's not cheap. If you if you go out every night and you're getting drinks every night, you add up those costs. At the end I'm not of the getting month. drinks from bars every <laughs> night. No. I was going to say you add up those costs. I think you're going to be real surprised if you think it's cheap. <laughs> no, it can be cheap. Yeah, like that same person could buy the the bottom shelf vodka for like eight dollars oh, yeah. for a if half you're, gallon. If you're buying it and drinking it at home like a weird alcoholic that you know, <laughs> has three DUIs or something. Well, you're not any more of an alcoholic sitting at home drinking it than you are going out to a bar drinking it. Well, yeah. yeah, especially if you have cats, so you're being social. <laughs> you've got the you've got the boob tube. You're watching, you know, something. So, so if you're out in public at a bar, it doesn't count as alcoholism. Um, no, it would still count as alcoholism, clearly. But I think it's it's you're more likely to be someone who has alcoholism rather than just somebody who's having a couple drinks. If you're the type of person who's sitting at home drinking alone, it's more so- especially if you're drinking. Well, sake, just at me, especially next if you're time, drinking a, a bottle of sake <laughs> at eight in the morning. It's or whatever, more, it's you more know? socially acceptable to go drinking the same amount of alcohol with people, with real life people, than drinking with your cats. Yeah. 
It's frowned upon. Hey, you Hold know, on. They have dead cat wine you can buy I now. I sat at home drinking wine with my cats. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to a bar with a friend. Yeah. Well, they have, have cat well, wine. Well, you have good balance. Some, pe- <laughs> okay. some people don't have, so they don't have any type of balance. It's yes, just cats it's every night. Good, yeah. They okay. have cat wine you can buy now, you know. What? Yeah. Is it? It's ag- like a catnip wine, and you can buy Ooh, it for That's actually interesting. <laughs> I, I do not. I, well, I'm not uh-uh. thinking catnip, but I'm thinking some other herbs. Yeah, well. You know, some like thyme that would make that might make a good wine. Maybe. See, I thought you meant a completely different type of herb. <laughs> well, that's probably that too. I'm, I'm, probably, I'm sure someone has. I'm sure someone has experimented. You yes, get exactly. THC infused coffee in Vegas. Yeah, mm. I don't know how the wine would work because you, yeah, kind of. Must, I mean, it sounds like musky. it's time to do some science. <laughs> well, someone hook me up and I'll um, start a batch. Sugar, mm. sugar, and yeast—that's pretty much all you're all you're really talking about. And you, and you throw in your third element of what you want it to taste like: dandelions, apples, any kind of fruit. Well, before we get further back into this article explaining to Ameri- Americans how they can stop, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, let's go to the phones because evidently Jesus is the reason that Johnson is still breathing, and James is going to tell us all about it. Thanks, Jesus. James, you're you're James you, don't, you don't have financial Conan, investment advice for young couples? What's that? I haven't got yet to speak yet on so-called Free Talk Live, where callers take control of the airwaves. And I don't say this lightly, that your friend Mark should be Dashington and Johnson Rice and that ugly man you're looking at, the fairy. They literally wouldn't be <laughs> well, listening right now if I didn't still fear Jesus. Because so what would I be doing instead if you weren't afraid but, of Jesus? But, but Conan... Go ahead. Jo- what go- I never expected James would prove that he week? listens to not, more not than to just mention, a few minutes of the not show. Not to mention, if I had three Deweys, Conan, if I had three Deweys in the state of Arizona, I thought I'd it was ninety-seven. Now, I, I'd be looking at more mandatory hard time than your friend did for watching somebody tortured to death. Like I keep saying, uh, Jack Edgington literally shouldn't exist. His father's a murderer who got off easy, yeah. and because you guys all agree with his politics. Okay. Forgiveness, James. If I were to throw acid in your ugly, pretty boy face, so no matter, no amount of makeup. That's so nice of you, James. Thank you. Boy again, I try. If I were to do that, would you practice artist forgiveness and forgive me when you couldn't play guitar anymore? And no. How would you throwing acid in my face affect my ability to play the guitar? Because I break your hands too, just so you could never oh, use well, them. See, so you didn't again. say anything about yeah. breaking my hands, well, James. Would you, would you if you're going to make, if, if, hold on, James, shut up, James, James. No, don't tell stop. me to shut up. So what you're saying is that without well, Jesus, I don't have to you tell have you, no morality. I, can, I don't have to tell you to shut up. That was me being polite. I have a hold button here. I can like literally make you <laughs> shut up. But yeah, if you're going to throw out these hypotheticals about things you're going to do to people to make them suffer. You should actually convey to them what you're envisioning because that whole not being able to play the guitar thing, that came out of nowhere. You didn't say anything about breaking my hands. So what's interesting also is I think that the whole primary basis for this call is he said that without Jesus, you wouldn't be, you know, like I would do all these things. Well, you're admitting then that you're going straight to the fiery depths of hell if that's what you actually believe. Because if you actually go and read your religious tome, you will find that Jesus can't be your excuse for morality. That's not virtue. Actually, well, he's speaking of he's speaking Old Testament values, where he don't you don't kill because God will strike you down. But Jesus well, wasn't that wasn't his that wasn't his game. Yeah, well, no, but I mean, 
what you're saying is true, but there is also still, you need to be virtuous of your own. Like, yeah, you don't do it because God will strike you down, but you also need to be virtuous of your own will, not well, the simply because concept. you live in fear. Fear is one motivator, but being a good person is supposed to be another motivator. Well, the entire concept behind Christian morality is that the reason they are moral is because they are afraid of the punishment of being immoral. Well, like, it's not because they want to be good. It's because of they're, they're scared of the consequences I think of you being have, bad. I, yeah, I think you have different types. Yeah. And that's why I brought up the Old Testament type. They had their Ten Commandments because they had a bunch of hooligans running around and they're like, I, we don't want, you know murder and we don't want people eating pork so we're going to have to write them down in rules and then we're going to have to threaten them with uh some type of punishment but here's my question for uh mr dwi dui yeah he's got 99 now 99 i mean when you're driving around under the influence you are a danger to everyone on the highway if you were to kill some little old lady and or in their and her entire family tonight while you're listening to us on the radio of course I mean, aren't you uh, just as wrong as the guy that you are complaining about all the time, Mr. Mark? James? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to respond to everything that was just spoken of me for the last five minutes instead of only getting 10 seconds on the public airwaves. As you are, Jesus judges people by their actions. The thoughts that I have No, he literally doesn't. So the book that is written about him Jews, literally says I've otherwise. I've so let alone have three theories of if which... If you're under the influence, you are a danger. Ministers of peace and love that I've had and called me a liar when I told them that, that I couldn't be further from the truth. Again, if I had three theories in Arizona, I'd be doing more hard time than Mark Edgington, whose victims still can't be reached for comment. Okay, James, yes, this isn't about Mark. Johnson Rice said about my father, I haven't counted his soul into the pavement and ended his life as he knows it right now. Oh, did I make you mad? Nothing about... No, his father did, because his I father didn't love him. I feel because you're commanded to do good, not because I fear Jesus. I'm a good person. Under, I'm oh, like, you're a good person? You, threat, you go around Johnson threatening people? Right I think your father would be embarrassed by you. James, thank you so much for the call. It's an interesting uh, statement that he just made, though, that he's good because he's commanded to be he's good. A, he's an Old Testament Christian. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. That sort of authoritarian concept that morality uh, comes, comes from a very military family. Yeah, that morality comes from an authority. Right. That's inherently immoral itself. It's dependent upon what the authority tells you to do, whether or not you're a good person, not obeying an authority. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And you know, a lot of events are canceling, but ForkFest is still going on, unless, you know, Rogers Campground, where it's held, is just going to be like, no, we're not admitting anyone. But ForkFest is not canceling itself. So you well, can... Wait, wait, what you mean for like COVID-19? Yeah. So uh, yeah, people are. So no, this is this is New Hampshire. We don't do it like that. No, we're not. We're not afraid. Of, we're afraid of bears. We're not afraid of the flu. So June the 29th until July the fifth, you can join us for Fork Fest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. 
But ForkFest is decentralized, so no one is in charge. So, so no one can cancel it anyway, except Roger's Campground, obviously. There's also no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Roger's Campground for June the 29th until July the 5th. And we're better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can relax and go camping, or you can create whatever experience or event you would like others to have. But if you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. Again, that's ForkFest.party. Now, we've been talking about savings here and ways that Americans can generate savings to retire early or not even to retire early, but just to live a stable life that right. is moving forward. So uh, they, you know, the second tip here is pay off all your debt. You know, quite clearly it says, and then they suggested to get a uh, consolidate your debt with a personal loan uh, so that you're paying lower interest rate. And it says, they say it might sound counterintuitive at first, like you're just moving one form of debt over to another. But the truth is paying one bill each month might be a lot easier. And this could even lower your payments, save you tons of money and interest and or allow you to pay off your debt faster. If you're not sure where to start looking, they recommend a site called Fiona that'll match you with a low interest loan. Uh, rates start at 3.84%. It won't uh, make you stand in line or call a bank. And, you know, if you're paying 3.84%, that's going to be a lot less than the 17, 20, 24, 25, 28% rates that some of these credit cards can charge people. Wait, wait, 3.8 for just, just a cash loan? Uh, that's right, yep. Or is that... You could potentially get... That's where the rates start. I mean... It, but the kind of people who are getting 17% interest loans aren't going to qualify for a personal loan... No, they're not. not at not a 3.8%. No, I didn't say a 17% rate. loan. I said 17% by, because they're paying on debt on credit cards. Most likely, you're going to be able to get a personal loan from a, a uh, like a credit union or something like that a lot more easily uh, You know, that has a lower interest rate that... You know, than a credit card. A credit card interest rates are huge. Yeah, sure. but I mean, even a, but the sig- problem but a, signature, is that- a signature loan is still like 14% or something. But I don't, you're not going to get a 3.8 unless it's like a, a used clunker. Well, uh, this website called Fiona apparently has wrote, uh, loans that start at that rate that are specifically for helping to do credit uh, consolidation. Hmm. So, you know, there may be some places. Also, here's another thing. Call your credit card and try to get your interest rate lowered. Yeah, 17% is, is, that's loan sharking. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know what the average credit card well, interest I think, rate is. I th- a lot of them are pretty high. I think the ones you just, I think I started at like I mean, 12. you're not supposed to leave, you're not supposed to rack up a bunch of bills on a no, credit no. card. That's not what it's I for. I think I started at 12, Yeah, and I think I'm down to nine. But hmm. I always ask, they they call me like, do you want to you increase your rate? I mean, not your rate, but do you want to increase your balance? I'm like, no, I'd like to increase my interest rate. I mean, once you, once you lower that another point. Right. And I think I'm down to 9%. But I, but like I said, if you pay it every month, you don't, you never have to worry about it. Right, right, exactly. Well, in that scenario, I think the high interest rate could be an effective deterrent to get people to not carry balances. And it can also be a nail in your foot where it's just constantly weighing I, you down. But I yeah, can't be too sad about people who are putting nails in their own feet, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, I can I suggest to them <laughs> that they not do that. I think I don't think I don't think it would work as a deterrent. I don't think it would. I think you still have Jesus on the brain. Well, eventually- the, the Romans did that for. 
Thanks, James. And, but and, Jesus, and, spe- and speaking of saving, Jesus didn't put the nails in his own feet, though. Yeah, that as was, I said, the Romans did that, that was, for yeah, him. Yeah, it was yeah. his government. Well, not his government. It's like but. a very unpleasant mani-pedi. <laughs> <laughs> so, and who is drunk enough to get nailed to wood? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... They go on to say here, refinancing and consolidating debt was one of the moves that Deacon and Kim Hayes made to pay off $52,000 worth of debt in 18 months. They had a few high interest- I hear a number like that, and I just marvel. What in the world did they do to acquire that amount of debt? Who knows? Cars? You know, who, you know maybe it was cars. Maybe it was part, partly in a house. I, well, I mean- I've met those people. See, I don't consider I've met those people. I, I don't yeah. consider those to be debts because they have property backing them up, right? You you have the car, you have yeah. the house. Well, maybe it's a boat. You know, maybe it's a jet ski. When I think RV. in terms of debt, I think in terms of something that doesn't have the property to line up with the amount of money that is I mean, owed. Anything that you're paying interest on that uh, you know, is had you had to take out some kind of a loan for is debt. You know, it's a car loan, boat loan, you know, personal loan, whatever it is. If it's a loan, it's it's debt. But I mean, you have the car as material property, but it's not an asset. It, w- it is literally an asset. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, but not your jet. It's ski more or of a your liability. Boat. Your jet ski and your boat. Uh, I mean, they could be. It depends on what your car is doing. If you're using, they're more to get of a work. liability than an asset because an asset is typically something that's going to appreciate in valuable and in value. No, it's something that's going to generate value, and an automobile absolutely yeah, does it, that by transporting a person to work. Correct. Uh, yeah, an automobile might, but a boat or a jet ski definitely is not going to do to be doing that. Well, I wouldn't you, argue that most Americans work need to at buy like jet a skis. seaside restaurant. Um, but you know, a car is going to depreciate in value, though, and it may depreciate in value more quickly than the value it generates by transporting to someone to work if they could be taking a commute. You know, like the sure. the guy. Uh, uh, well, man, actually, but I'm, that's improper use of the asset. You know, that's like taking. That's like using a savings account. It's like you're using the asset in a way that won't outstrip the slow degradation of value. Right. But it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. Right. That's true. You don't have to put that many miles on your car. But I mean, I don't think most people know how to leverage their, you know, assets in that way. Because they're just well. That's the problem. Though. <laughs> that's, 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 why fi- that's why we're talking about it. Because people are not financially literate. So okay, this couple paid off fifty-two thousand dollars worth of debt in eighteen months. They had a few high-interest credit cards that carried more than thirteen percent interest, and this kept them from making any real progress paying them off. So they refinanced, which lowered their interest rate. In turn, lowered their monthly payments and sped up the process. And within eighteen months, the couple was debt-free. That's not an entirely accurate statement. That thirteen percent interest didn't keep them from paying it off. The fact that they carried balances for several months on those credit cards it says this kept them from making real progress paying them off because yeah you know, but if they had never carried high. a balance in the first place that interest as kona pointed out would never have mattered what i'm thinking what i'm hearing from this this couple went cold turkey they made a decision sure. they're like we're going to get this taken care of 18 50, 52 in 18 months and they probably make good money too and they had a debt free but they went cold like turkey that. and made us made a decision yeah. that no more we're getting this taken care of and bam bada boom There's more secrets to get into about how you can live (laughs) debt-free. This is Free Talk Live. 
Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. And we're talking about ways that people can get out from underneath the debt. And there are other ways of doing that than just these six secrets that we're talking about. You can check out the CFO Project. Written by Tom Young, who's the author and founder of the CFO Project. You can check out his free book at cfo-project.com because with the current state of the federal government and its $23 trillion in debt, its $127 trillion in unfunded liabilities, it's bad advice to stay in debt. So take control of your money. Don't let your retirement savings be used to bail out the government. Check out his new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project, at cfo-project.com. Again, that's cfo-project.com. cfo-project. So let's go to the phones real quick. We've got Logan calling from North Carolina. Logan, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, wow. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, so I listen to uh, the podcast after everything, so I'm not really up to date on what you guys are talking about right now, but I wanted to uh, add some input about the what makes an individual a uh, arm of the state or an entity of the state uh, conversation that you guys have had over the weekend. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I'm actually calling you guys from overseas right now. I'm a contractor for the U.S. government and uh, doing it for the last several years, and uh, from somebody who's been on that side of, you know, working for the government, uh, I would say that what qualifies as a uh, qualifies as a agent of the state is somebody who is working uh, in the benefit or on behalf of the state itself. Um, so if your job entails, uh, you know, helping progress the foreign policy of the state or uh, improve the state's ability to conduct know, whatever operations it has overseas or even in, you know, in the United States, uh, I think that would make you an agent of the state, regardless of how much money has been invested in you or whatever company it is that you represent. I think I would agree that uh, anyone who is paid <laughs> to benefit the state is essentially an agent of the state. And, 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 and I'm you're... sorry if I sound like a... Yeah, it sounds like you're underwater in a submarine. But, but uh, well, you, I'm not in a submarine. But, but are you but are you agreeing that you're an agent of the state? Is that where you're going with this? Uh, yes, currently. As much as I, you know, uh, conflict with that, I know it's very hypocritical. 
Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, I got four. I got me, I got five mouths to feed, and uh, due to my specialized skill set, um, this is really the best job I can get at the moment. Um, but I see I more into the libertarian principles and ideas, and uh, kind of work against the uh, the system I'm currently uh, under contract with. Yeah, I, I am personally uh, also kind of in the same boat. I work for the post office. Uh, as a con- I'm also, I, I'm also a contractor, and uh, it is what it is. I mean, you've got to make decisions to, to, to feed yourself, uh, and at the same time, I mean, you've got to. Uh, these these are hard decisions that have to be made. It we live in. Uh, we have to live with the state. We have to deal with it, um, and so I I try other, I try to do other things, uh, to make money, but uh, as far as right now. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to walk away. For sure. With uh, with, with that in mind, uh, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, you know, uh, I know uh, nobody is running for office up there in New Hampshire. Uh, how effective do you think it would be for, say, somebody, uh, I guess, uh, with my status, you know, having worked as a government contractor and, and really kind of seen in or work with the U.S. government, uh, how effective? do you think it would be for somebody like me to run as a libertarian candidate for office, you know, whether it be local or state uh, in North Carolina? I'm not sure what the political uh, spectrum is down there. I, you would do much better in New Hampshire for sure. But I, but, <laughs> well, but I would say, but I would say, I mean, yeah, true. he would technically sure. Yeah. As a libertarian, but, but you, and you would still lose as yeah. a libertarian. Uh, if you ran as, I mean, you would have, I would, I would research my county, I would my uh, uh, municipality, and I would see what what goes best, and I would run either as a Democrat or a Republican, because that's that's the two party system we live in. I have to deal with Logan. Thank you so much for the call, and yeah, that's the tragedy. Even here in New Hampshire, uh, not very many, if any, people running as libertarians actually get elected. And but but they they run as Republicans and they switch to libertarians, and that they don't get reelected. Yeah, but libertarians who run as Republicans. Sometimes do, and and yes. some and some Democrats do. Sure. And I mean, if you if someone's going to question you, you know, you can't run. You're not a member of our party because you think this way. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, tell me why. Well, I mean, you can literally and easily be a member of their party. There's no purity test to join the Republican Party because they have no principles for which a purity test could occur. Correct. You just have to deal with their uh, their articles that they write about you in the uh, in the the the, the local paper, and, and Complain, complaining about how you're a carpetbagger or something. And their insane bureaucracy. Oh God, the bureaucracy. And the Libertarian Party has that too, but you really get down and dirty with it when you start looking at like these local Republican committees and things like that. The the level of bureaucracy. Yeah, I don't know. Is how, just out of control. I don't know how you guys do it. To the extent that, you know, the, the county party has no idea how their bylaws actually function. Well, that sounds like any group. Right. I mean, it's bureaucracy the, the only, out of control. The only one who really knows what's going on is the treasurer or the, you know, the guy who actually wrote up the bylaws. And he's probably not in the party anymore. And Well, no, because the bylaws have been amended and changed. And this part conflicts with that part. And this part isn't clear in the first place. It's, it's nuts, man. I don't understand it. Kudos to anyone who has the patience for dealing 
with that level of bureaucracy with, with to accomplish anything. With trying to work within the system, you yeah. know, j- joining the mob to take down the mob. Yeah, I have. It's, I, I can't really say I have better things to do because I've been to some local Republican meetings, but I have not taken part in the bureaucracy. And I can't imagine having the patience to do that. Well, it sounds like, uh, well, I mean, you are trying. You, you, not you, to deal with the bureaucracy, no. But you, but you have invested some time in the in the party uh, to to what to see what's going on. I've invested this, time see, see in me, and I use the party as a mechanism for Good. doing that. Good. And like I was, and like I was calling, the, telling the last caller, that's probably the way to do it. I mean, you, I mean, you can talk all you want about libertarian ideas and you know what you really stand for, you know, on the on this show and with your you know people on the street. But uh, I mean, Ron Paul did it. Yep, he did successfully. So let's get back into this article. How else can people what what are these great secrets? Sure. So I know we're running a little bit short on time, so I'm going to trim the secret number three a little bit. It just says leave your kids one million dollar without being an actual millionaire and suggests a path to buying some life insurance. Uh, they suggest a company called Bestow, but I'm sure there are so th- their plan well. for early retirement is to die early. Uh, I guess <laughs> and, and that's the, early and, retirement for your kids. I guess. Yeah. And by, okay. the, and by the way, I'm going to call this out right off the bat. I mean, if that's why you're making all your money to leave it to your kids, I think all you're doing is setting up disaster. You're going to give a bunch of money to some kids in an, in, the, in their inheritance, and they're going to go blow it unless they're yeah. unless they've been living rough their whole lives. Potentially, you never know. D- don't do who who is this? Who is didn't Jobs well, leave they, all that's, his, that's didn't, why didn't I wanted he to leave s- all his money to charities and he didn't give anything to his kids? Yeah, I, I think, think so. that I think that's the right way to do it. By the way, and, well, I mean, I, he could. I mean, you could raise your kids correctly to properly understand finances mm-hmm. and things like and, that. And if you did, you wouldn't have to leave them a huge inheritance because they're already doing good because they're, they they learn from you to, how to take care of business. Well, secret number four here is start a three hundred fifty thousand dollar business empire. <laughs> all right, <laughs> just have a rich dad Just who do buys that. your house. Yeah. No problem whatsoever there. So we're going to get more into these these secrets that are getting a little bit weirder. No as rich we dads go. were involved in this uh, example. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. And if you're quick, you can still get on the air with us. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Johnson. And Conan. I want to say thank you to Chris Hickman, who is tonight's amplifier. He's a gold-level amplifier, which, if I remember correctly, and I probably don't, uh, means he chooses to contribute $10 per month to the app program. Of course, we don't ask that. All, All it takes to join the app program is $5 per month. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Money that you use to join the program is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. So if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, you might consider signing up. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. And Chris Hickman, I want to say thank you. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope you continue amplifying it. So we got a few more of these secrets to get into uh, evidently the next one is quite a doozy but before we get into that let's go to the phones we've got david calling from new mexico david you're on free talk live oh hey that was quick i was just uh calling to there, there was a uh, transgender 
young lady who uh, had a run-in with our current government, M- Michelle uh, Lujan Grisham. A few years back, the uh, the um, transgender young lady had, was doing an internship, and when the governor, which she hadn't disclosed she was transgender, and, and she alleges that when the governor, who was then a congressperson, uh, found out that she was transgender, she got fired. But the, the more interesting part of it if a person searches this, is that the the governor uh, later applied for a restraining order against this young lady named, uh, her name is Riley Del Rey. And uh, the interesting part of this, though, is uh, the tactics that uh, Michelle, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham used, uh, and you'll recognize this, uh, Lujan Grisham said in a statement that she was, quote, fearful of the former intern Riley Del Rey and said in court documents that, quote, she believes Ms. Del Rey intends to cause her serious harm or her behavior will harm other people in public settings. And and all this uh, Riley Del Rey had done was uh, enter two different public appearances that Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham had made and was speaking at uh, political events, and uh, and speak. You and one time using a bullhorn in order to be heard was uh, protesting against Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, and she was arrested for that by Albuquerque Police Department, which labeled uh, or charged her with the uh, uh, public. What do they call it again? Uh, disturbing the peace and possible assault. Um, so I'd, and, and Del Rey spent a night in jail on that occasion. So anyway, the there was just tactics used by those in power, like the statement, uh, the finding someone or, or being in fear of somebody. And in today's environment, when you say that you fear somebody, that has lots of ramifications like red flag laws and stuff like that. So I just found that interesting. Okay. Uh, Thanks for the call, David. That's a good story. Always interesting to hear from you and your little stories about trans people that you always, uh, is the trans population in New Mexico really that high? I'm going to have to look into that at some point. I can't imagine that it is, but anyway, secret number four for building wealth is evidently uh, to start a $350,000 $350,000 business empire. That's it. That's all you got to do yeah. is make $350,000. Well, here's the thing. It says back in 2007, Adam and Corinne Enfinger were a broke young married couple who'd just had their first baby. Both of their cars broke down within the same month and they couldn't afford a new one. So Adam bought a bike to ride to work on one of his 17 mile commutes one way he had a business idea. Sell screen printed t shirts with animals on bikes. He was commuting <laughs> seventeen miles one way yeah. each day. Thirty four miles on a bike. Yeah. Each every day. day. Yep. Wow, kudos to him. <laughs> so Adam and Corinne worked odd jobs. I mean, to... I don't see the idea as being particularly, you know, it, lucrative, yeah. but hey, he made selling screen printed t shirts with animals on bikes into a success. Yeah. So Adam and Corinne worked odd jobs to make ends meet while they worked. Uh, to launch what would become a $350,000 business. 
Dark Cycle Clothing. Now their first few attempts at selling products didn't go so hot. At one event, they sold maybe two items. Corinne decided to list the extra products on Etsy, and that's when things started taking off. In 2009, Dark Cycle Clothing became the couple's first full-time career. Since then, they've started selling their t-shirts at markets again, which now makes up about a third of the company's revenue. They've even hired someone to help out with photography and customer service. We're so busy, Corinne said. We grew really fast, and sometimes I feel like we're still catching up from the growth of the beginning because we didn't start with a plan. It took three or four years for us to really believe it was going to be our career. Adam added, it, the key to building a business together, get creative, don't give up, hustle hard, and enjoy it. Then their secret number five is to cancel your car insurance. <laughs> what? <That's> good advice. <laughs> One of the easiest places for couples to start to cut back on your monthly bills like your current car insurance. In most places, it's straight up illegal to not have it, so you've probably accepted that you're going to have to pay through the nose for it, but you don't have to. They, uh, again, recommend a tool. Here, a free website called The Zebra will find the best deal for you in just two minutes. All you have to do is enter basic information about your car and driving history, then The Zebra compares prices from 100 companies to find you the best price. So it sounds that sounds a little bit not exactly like they're saying cancel your car insurance so they're, they're more like saying change yeah. your car insurance make sure you're paying the least you can for you, your car you can up your you. copay that might t- that might lower it a little bit possibly yeah, reduce what you don't need like for example i don't need my actual truck to be insured because it's 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 an old, it's a 20 year old truck yeah but so, I, but i would want you know help medical and you know property damage and whatnot insured but the truck itself isn't insured yeah so the last uh, little secret here is add up to 200 points to both of your credit scores. If you and your partner have uh, plans to buy a car or a home or even rent a place, you'll need a healthy credit score. But if, like many of us, when's the last time you even checked your credit score? Let's start there. We suggest using a free website called Credit Sesame. That's what they use in the article. I, I personally use a site called Credit Karma. I don't I know. I use Credit Karma. Yeah, I don't know about Credit Sesame. I don't know if they charge is any that money, the, but Credit is that Karma like is free. Is so. the Chinese Sesame program? I don't know. I doubt it, though. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, uh, we like it again because it's free and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Once you have access to your score, you can take steps to improve. Improve it, excuse me, uh, with uh, Credit Sesame's personalized recommendations. Salome Buiteria and her husband, Alfredo, both struggled with bad credit. Both of them got laid off of their jobs, and the credit card bills started to stack up as they tried to support their nine kids. Their scores were in the low 500s. Yeah, low 500s for credit scores. I think we have found this couple's problem. (laughs) (laughs) They signed up for Credit Sesame and started taking its recommendations. For Salome, it helped her find an error on her report and dispute it. It also recommended a reward credit card that she could qualify for that would help her improve her score. Today, Salome's credit score is around 790, and Alfredo's at 701. Those neither of those are stellar scores, but uh, they now have big plans to buy a home soon. Uh, just because you have bad, bad credit now doesn't mean you have to live with it forever. Credit Sesame will help you get there. It takes approximately 90 seconds to get started. Again, same kind of thing with Credit Karma. They make recommendations. Uh, they will show you, you know, cards that you can possibly qualify for and where you could possibly improve, refinance your car, et cetera, et cetera. They'll make suggestions to you to help you save a bunch of money. And again, Anything you can do to like help improve your credit, save money, uh, you know, get kind of tips to stop uh, 
this article was interesting like weird uh, is what is interestingly weird though uh secret number six there doesn't actually tell anyone anything beyond improve your credit score well improve you know, your credit score, add up to 200 points to both of your credit scores like it's got some great well, secret tip the first, to give you well the first step to that is check your credit regularly make sure you're monitoring it and do something about it I mean, the essentially, they're just telling you that do something care. about your credit. Most but, people aren't even aware of their credit. Yeah, and yeah, was, I mean, it's it's it shouldn't be a secret that you should be aware of your credit, but most people still don't bother to check their credit scores, and they don't know what's going on with it. You know, they've got they can't handle a five hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't understand most. They can't handle five hundred dollar expense. <laughs> they don't have more than three thousand dollars in the bank, and they don't know what their credit scores even are. Or they know in their heart of hearts that it is so bad that they just don't even want to look. Maybe it's that I don't it's know. that it's that bill. It's laying face down on the table. And they don't want to turn it over <laughs> because it's gonna be. They bought too much alcohol, too much sake. short sightedness. <laughs> really, yep. you got to plan for the future. And it seems that most Americans aren't. This has been Free Talk Live. Head on over to freetalklive.com to check out the show archives going back more than 10 years. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com